0: Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights, look at the bright lights. With tonight's guest, former judge turned shaman, Karen Johnson. Look at the
1: night sky, look at the
0: night sky. And performance guest, Deja Gomez. I am Mark Leisure and now our host the MC the master of change Filippo Voltaggio We are
2: in for something different tonight We're always in for something more and now it's something very different I knew I was getting into something different when I read the first line of the introduction of Living Grieving book by our guest, and I've gotten permission to read the first couple paragraphs. To my readers and fellow grievers, I want you to know something really important. You may be feeling stuck in your grief and wondering why you can't seem to get over it. It felt the same way, I felt the same way, until I realized we don't get over it, grief. It's not like catching the flu. We aren't sick. There is no cure and we can't medicate it away. Grief is a state of being that carries energy that you can tap into to create a new life, just as we use the energy of other newly acquired states of being like marriage or parenthood to transform our lives, we can likewise use the energy of grieving to transform. We don't see the possibilities in our grieving state because grief feels different. Unlike the emotions of wonder, joy, and excitement surrounding marriage and birth, grief is often associated with pain, sadness, and despair. We hear about and look forward to the wonders of marriage and the joys of parenthood But no one talks about the wondrous wisdom of grief. So instead of embracing our grieving state and exploring its deep transformational wisdom, we just want to find a way to make the pain go away. And rather than being supported, we are often pressured from our loved ones and the medical community to get over it and move on. wow so (laughs) see what I mean Uh, we're going to stop right there and we'll be back uh, with our guest uh, Karen Johnson and a little later on our performance guest Deja Gomez on the Life Changes show at home edition
0: right after this have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't Do you suffer from anxiety, but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci Sequence, also known as the Golden Mean or the Golden Ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos, like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am, or intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of five Beads at 5beads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on The Life Changes Show, broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangeshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We are back.
2: This is our episode 690 titled Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss. I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio Online, with our co-host and executive producer, Mark Lejour.
0: Well, I was thinking about how powerful this combination of guest and performance guest is tonight and thinking more deeply about how many people can resonate with their stories and you just proved my point well and
2: thank you mark for that and it's especially poignant uh, to me uh being one who likes to look at the science or likes to look at the the history or the give me data uh and it's our guest uh, is a graduate of Georgetown. She's an attorney. She's a, She was a federal judge. She was a major in the U.S. Army, an officer. Uh, so she's uh, speaking from a place of, uh, we're going to be talking about things that a lot of people say, oh, that's woo-woo and all that. Well, this isn't somebody who would have naturally gravitated to that, I don't think. And we're going to find out now with our guest uh, former federal judge turned shaman, former Albright uh, Fulbright scholar, former U.S. Army officer, as I said, and major USAR inactive, Karen V. Johnson, J.D., welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
2: <sighs> so, Karen, uh, all the stuff you did leading up to all the stuff you did, none of it was easy. You've done a lot of hard things and giving birth to your child sounded like that was a thing in itself. So
3: true. So true. I always said, Ben, my son Ben um, passed away from a heroin overdose when he was 27, but he, he just fought coming into this world. It's like he knew he was going to have a tough ride of it or something. And um, three weeks overdue and uh, emergency C-section and, gosh just lots of things in his life that he struggled with physically and emotionally and bright beautiful guy um really he and i were very close and still are
1: <laughs> because yes. you know
3: the spirit world is just right a right a couple millimicrons away
2: as as we will find out shortly as we dig into the story so so all the things you did, I, I, I'm thinking you, you used your, your will and your brain power, and and you, you had to get the grades, and you got, you know, whatever it is to get there, and and physical power in the army, you, you were able to make it all happen, uh, except maybe for this, or at least not in the same way. You had to find a new way. So tell us what happened, and and your journey through it, please.
3: Right. Yeah. So I think I always say I have had many incarnations in this lifetime, <laughs> so mm. many things that I've sort of done. And I think we're all kind of like that. You know, if you think about it, where you were and the things you've done. And um, so but I really wasn't particularly a spiritual person, although I had a couple, um, you know, I definitely had a little friend, the little invisible friend I played with when I was young and things like that. but. Um, I certainly chose the left-brained lifestyle and and um, decided that even though I had wanted to be an archaeologist when I grew up, that my parents had convinced me that it wasn't safe for girls and I should do something where I was going to make some money. And so I decided to do that and did that for 30 years and actually don't even remember my 40s, to tell you the truth. I was so busy with the sandwich generation you know, taking care of parents, taking care of kids, working full time. So um, then with my son, my son um, just, I had gone on a vacation and I knew he was struggling, but he really smart guy. And I figured, well, we'll have this big conversation. We get back about his life. And while while I was on vacation, I get the call that he had passed away and it was from a heroin overdose. And so my life changed instantaneously. Everything shifted. Um, I, I was in South Korea, so it took me about 24 hours to get home because day is night, night is day. There was no flights at night. I had to wait till the next morning. And so I was sitting in the airport and my son Ben came to me, right? I could see him just like he walked right there and was smiling his big old grin and then he faded away. And I Frantically called my ex husband and said, I think you got to check out. I think he's alive. I think he's trying to get out of the freezer. I think he's alive in there. You got Mm. to call the ME. And he called the ME, and she very graciously looked and said, I'm sorry, but you know, he's gone. And that was sort of an introduction for me that, wow, there is life after death. And I could feel him and sense him around me. Um, but at that time I, I really didn't have any skills at all. All I knew is I could sense him. I could sense him around me. And it took me on a journey though, to find a medium. I went to a medium and I said, he's standing right there. He's right there, but I can't hear what he's saying. Can you tell me what he's saying? And so I had a great session with this medium and in my left brain mind, (laughs) I didn't know anything about mediums. And I didn't even know there were mediums in Fairfax County, Virginia. And sure enough, when I Googled it, a whole page of mediums came up. And so that was really my first experience. And it was a fantastic experience. And then at the end, she said, you know, you might have some skills yourself. Because none of my clients come in here and say he's standing right there. And I said, "See see how the candle's flickering? He's waving his hand over the candle and sure enough the candle was flickering and mm. you know, so um and that just started my journey with all sorts of um i guess we can call it the woo woo but um so mediumship training and crystals and kabbalah and anything else i could i could study because i really my goal at that time was to have more contact with my son and um as the Time went on, I, I did get more and more contact with him. And, and then it opened up and I became uh, more aware of other um, spirits and entities. At one point, I remember I had a whole room full of the um, spirits. And when spirits know that you can hear them, sense them, see them, they kind of gather around. And I remember saying, Okay, everybody, no spirits in my bedroom. Okay. And then, to so, my surprise, everybody <laughs> left. Right. And then, you know, in the morning I went down the hallway. So they were all in the hallway. I said, no spirits in the hallway. Nope. Nope. Can't do this. No spirits in the house. And it was sort of my first introduction that, wow, we have some say in this whole thing. And, and yet I didn't know what to do to help them. I didn't have any skills. And um, so over a period of time, I (laughs) went to an evolutionary astrologer who told me that, um, uh my soul had chosen a different path away from shame blame and guilt to a mystical path and i didn't i thought what what is that a mystical path what does that mean exactly and he said well someone that had a reading like you before became a shaman and i thought a shaman i mean there's shamans now that are mm. right here right now and sure enough i got off the the um session and i googled it because what do left brain persons do they google things research
2: yes <laughs>
3: research
2: exactly I want, <laughs> I want the data
3: i want the data i want the data so i found the four winds and ended up talking to an academic advisor there and um 3 weeks later i was on a plane to palm springs um joshua tree for training a week long training and that was the beginning of everything for me and It's been a wonderful ride with the Four Winds. I teach with the Four Winds. I love the Four Winds program. I like the medicine wheel concepts. It really kind of saved my life. And so then um, I went on, I ended up leaving my job, retiring, and going on a two and a half year journey around the world to try to understand grief and loss. I just couldn't get it. What am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to? People talk about healing or they talk about getting over it. How am I supposed to do that exactly? And so um, I traveled for two and a half years and talked to shamans everywhere in Africa and um, Sufi masters in India and, oh, many, many wonderful people. The Hanuman Temple in Talos, New Mexico, and um, just many spiritual places. John of God, um, the entities there. Um, and I, it became a book. It was going to be a blog that became a book. And I feel like it was downloaded.
2: It, it, it seems like it's more than a book. Uh, it's, it's it's a, it's a journey obviously. And it's also a path, uh, that people can take. There are workshops that you do around it. So, uh, Karen is talking about living, grieving, Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss Uh, was released last year uh, through Hay House. So that's available where uh, books are sold. And uh, Karen, it's interesting how I just heard you say once you became a shaman or at least entered the school and all that, that was the beginning of everything for you yes and, and with everything that you've done this is the beginning like so so how does how does i think you're in an amazing position to be able to help so many people because of the world you come from and uh right away actually while we were talking and speaking of give me the data you gave me so many questions that go through the minds of parents do you, can you rattle off just a half of that list it, when something like this happens to them?
3: Well, yeah. So parents, you know, shame, blame, guilt. What should have I done? What could I have done differently? Um, and maybe it was the babysitter I chose when he was two, and it was mm. clearly maybe the made the wrong choice of schools, and I I worked too much. I should have been home more, and so it's it's all these stories and and. Concepts that go through our mind where we store star in this dramatic role as mm. if, as if we had control over everything. Because the way our egoic structure minds go is that if we don't have control over everything, then maybe we don't have control over anything. Mm. And if we don't have anything control over anything, that seems pretty scary. So we like to convince ourselves, persuade ourselves that. We have control over everything. And if only we had done something different, we could have had a totally different outcome. And And that's not true and it's not real.
2: And and it's a never-ending process, right? Or uh, yeah. we could go deeper and deeper into that.
3: You can go down the rabbit hole, deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of, of despair and hopelessness and self-blame and worthlessness. And I sure did that. Um, I totally understand it. And so for me... Um, there's a lot of books that'll tell you um, what to do next. Like when you're grieving, you need to go on a date or you need to go to a movie or you need to go to a party. And there's like these steps of things you need to do. But for me, I, it came down to a realization that we need to do some other kind of work first. We need to find out where we are We are stuck in our grief and despair. And everybody is different. and. The way I have like to have people do it is work in a ceremonial, in a sacred way. So they have a candle and a pie pan to catch the drips, and um, a book with um, a, a journal, journal of some kind, and, uh, and a pen, and sit really in a sacred way, listening to that observer within, that soul part of us, and ask ourselves questions to 16 different practices, things like non-judgment. Wow. Who are you judging? Who's judging you? Right. And be able to write down the words, the answers to that, instead of carrying it in our heads and write it down and then burn it with the intention of releasing it to God, to spirit, the universe, the collective consciousness, whoever that is to you. But it's a way of getting out of our reptilian brains, our fight or flight everyday kind of brain and up leveling to our neocortex, the brain of ceremony. And in ceremony, things move like a feather in the wind instead of heavy, 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 trying to move things, make ourselves feel better, try to um, move on or do whatever we're supposed to do in this physical realm. So yeah, so we work in ceremony, work with things like non-suffering. What are the stories we're telling ourselves? I should have done this. I, why did I do that? It's my fault. Write those stories down and instead of carrying them around with the intention of releasing them. And so many of us go into a temple or we go into a church of some kind and if we see a candle to light. We just kind of go there. It's like we just know that this is a sacred place and and we're going to light the candle and our prayers are going to go um, to spirit, to God. And so this is a way of tapping into um, that concept. And also a parallel concept for shamans is that fire is the pathway to rapid transformation. And so we're kind of combining these concepts of, really bringing in the sacred so that we can work with and find out where we are stuck in our grieving and become lighter and then awaken and then create a new life out of the ashes of the old one that honors our loved ones.
2: Mm. Mm. Karen, uh, you have seen your son he has given you messages and what is, so he, did he inspire you down this path through by like directly saying, Hey mom, this is what you want to do.
3: Not "Hey, mom, not exactly. Hey mom, this is what you want to do. But I do believe doors opened and that I might not have seen before his death. Sometimes death is a doorway. And all the spiritual things and all the messages in the world that would come from spirit, you don't see if you're closed. So death was the doorway that opened my mind to seeing synchronicities and possibilities and opportunities that I might have missed otherwise. And I probably missed all my life. Because I knew I certainly wasn't happen, happy dry, driving for thirty years in the second worst traffic in the country, and arriving in, um at my office first thing in the morning in the dark and leaving at night in the dark for thirty years. I always say, you know, people say, "Well, your skin is so beautiful," and I say, "Well, that's because I stayed indoors for thirty years."
2: <laughs> oh, it, well, at at a at a job that uh, cared so much about you that they were willing to give you two hours to yes. grieve your son at his funeral.
3: Yep. I, say I mean,
2: sarcastically.
3: it's, you know, I, I, we don't deal money businesses and certainly the legal profession does not deal well with people who are suffering with death and despair. And so, yeah, so I was um, called into the office and said my son had passed away and, and they said I could have t- two hours off. The chief judge had said I could have two hours off for the funeral. Some a friend intervened, and I ended up, you know, getting a week. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much pressure, you know, the, everything's scheduled, and what are we going to do? And this is due and that's due. And so I kind of had so bought into that all my life, and I hadn't taken very many vacations. And I actually had felt guilty that I had been on vacation mm. when my son passed. So here I am. I just got back from vacation and now I'm asking for. Time off for for death. I mean, how, how could I do that? I mean, I'm I've been wow. away for two weeks. What could, right? Wow. So I was totally bought into that myself and didn't really challenge it. Just kind of dragged myself in for months on end. Um, you know, could hardly sit in a meeting without bursting into tears. Um, barely could get through the day, but feeling like I somehow ha- was supposed to drag myself along because. Well, because that's just what we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to get on with it and stiff upper lip and all of that kind of stuff. But it didn't work for me. So, and I ended so. up ultimately retiring and selling all my <laughs> selling and giving away all my household goods and uh, traveling the world for two and a half years.
2: So some people have family. Some people have friends, which I can't imagine you would have had with the kind of work schedule that you were keeping uh that that can support them through something like this you uh say that you uh had the benefit of of having some money in some sense to leave it all behind and and look for something new and boy did you find something and it's crazy but it almost feels like 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 a like this is your path i mean I don't want to say that but you know what I mean it's like yeah like.
3: I feel like I'm doing what I was supposed to do, that the spiritual pathway or the spiritual side of me was just waiting to be awakened and developed. And, um, and, and it just, it was like once I was, once my son passed and once I was introduced to the spiritual world and these, these teachings and life changing ways of viewing things, everything else really fell away. It was like the universe had a gale force winds at my back pushing things through. At that time selling a house was taking months and um it was definitely the buyer's market. My house sold as is full price in 3 days. Mm. So and then I had to clear out my house of uh, 25 years of stuff which I, you know we collect because That's kind of what we do. That's what we do in this society. We collect things and we try to keep up with everybody else and and fill our days, maybe even cover up our unhappiness with our stuff. You know, George Carlin said, you know, our stuff, we don't own our stuff. Our stuff owns us. It's Mm -hmm. just stuff. And so being able to really release all of it and go forth in life with two suitcases was was really an incredibly freeing experience where I was able to just find the answers to the questions that I was seeking.
2: You know, what strikes me a, a bit ironic about this is, uh, as a judge, are, are you not formally addressed as your honor or the honorable? Yes. Right? Um, it seems to me... That if you weren't a judge and you've gone through all of this and you've come to here and now, this is the time to say the Honorable Karen V. Johnson.
3: Oh, well, gosh. That is very kind of you for sure. Um, I feel like um, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and I feel like um, I have meaning and purpose and hope in my life. And I want to pass that along to others. I want them to find their way out of hopelessness and despair and um, change their lives so that death and loss of any kind, I mean, doesn't have to be just death. I mean, we've all lost so much in these COVID years. Um We've lost our trust and our togetherness and our um our world and so we're suffering and confronting loss of many different kinds and to help people see that there is a way through it's not that you get over it, but maybe you can get through it a little bit and come out on the other side and so there's one of the practices in my book that I love. It's called Indigenous Alchemy, and so what does that mean? Like that's I, that's what I thought. I was like what do those words Karen, mean?
2: Let's let's hold that actually. Okay, until we, we come back from a quick break. Uh, this is it's riveting. Living grieving, using energy medicine to alchemize grief and loss. This is how Karen has chosen to support other uh, parents, family members, friends. Dealing with uh, living, grieving, exactly that. And uh, as as I'm reading through the book and as I'm reading some of the testimonials of people who have read and and gotten a lot out of the book, it does apply in so many different areas of our life. And it, it does help us think about how we are living it in the meantime, uh, with or without living, grieving. Uh, so, Karen also hosts workshops and talks and all of that. So find out more about Karen at karenjohnson.net. karenjohnson.net. We'll be back with, uh, with Karen's uh, talk about this one exercise that she started to address. Also, we're going to have our Ask Dorothy segment shortly after. And after that, we are joined by our performance guest uh, uh, a little later on in the program Deja Gomez, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this.
0: The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes Show is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic, while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangeshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show.
2: Mm, yes, indeed. This is our episode 390 here on the Life Changes Show. I am host Filippo Voltaggio. We've titled this episode... Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss, of course, now you know, that comes uh, as a subtitle for the book, Living Grieving, which was written by our guest, who is author of the book. She's a former federal judge turned shaman, former Fulbright scholar, former U.S. Army officer and major, uh, Karen V. Johnson, J.D. So, so to the Honorable Karen V. Johnson. Uh, You were about to share something that we're all waiting to hear.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so one of the practices that I love is called indigenous alchemy. And so what does that mean? So looking it up in the dictionary, so every once in a while, my left brain still kicks in. So that's an innate or native desire for transformation. So... What if we are wired that way as humans, we're wired to transform. And as we keep ourselves stuck in grief or loss, sometimes we feel that um, there's no win in grieving. If you grieve too hard, then, Oh, she needs medication. There's even a um, something in the diagnostic and statistical manual that, that says that grief is an illness if it's severe grief. So Um, And if you don't grieve in someone's mind uh, long enough, then, oh, she didn't really care. doesn't seem like it really affected her. So um, there's really no winning in grieving. Uh, You have to do it your own way. But being stuck in our grief and carrying that as a mantle, um, that heavy, heavy mantle that I am grieving and I'm never going to give this up and I'm not going to change it. How I've got to show my loved one that passed the extent of my caring. And if they see me transforming, won't they think that I don't care? And won't everybody around me think that I didn't care? No, uh, quite the contrary. On the other side, you know, we kind of hold on to their kite string as we stay stuck in our grief and loss. Mm. And we also, so many of my clients, so many people I see with all sorts of illnesses. Is if I look at it long enough, we go back far enough, there's often unresolved grief at the root of things. So our staying suck, stuck can also make us sick. And people have all kinds of grief, compound grief, many losses, anticipatory grief, someone is going to die, they know it, they've got that diagnosis, fresh grief, unresolved grief, unexpected grief. Um. So, so many places to look at grief and loss, you know, it's a lot of times when children lose a parent, when they're very young, people want to protect them and they don't want to say what really happened. Mm. And so they carry around this wondering, this curiosity and this maybe even guilt and shame and blame about it for years and years and years. Um, So we're not really protecting people by not telling them what's really going on during their loss. So so this indigenate alchemy, this innate desire for change, I think is is at the root of all of us. We we have to change, we have to transform, and and so many of us are trying to or wanting to to be part of this transformation now. You know, our society now, we see so much going on. And so much that saying, you know, there's a different way and we want to be part of the change. We don't want to be part of the past. And so I think jumping on that bandwagon and realizing that, yes, it's okay, we can do this. It's all right to um, transform our grief. And so that we can honor our loved ones in a different way other than just staying stuck in the four walls of our house, that sometimes we become almost like zombies, not wanting to go out because the world doesn't feel comfortable around us. Mm-hmm. They, they, We make people uncomfortable. So therefore, we tend to stay in. We don't want to be around people. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to do anything. And so this is a way of for people to find a way out, to find a way through To bring beauty back in their life. So I always tell my clients to put practice beauty. Write those words and put them on your refrigerator. Because when we're caregivers or we lost people, we forget to practice beauty. Mm -hmm. We forget about all the things that bring us joy. And we almost feel guilty about pursuing those. So I always say, do one thing every day. Just one thing that brings beauty into your life, Uh, flowers or a nice dinner or a sunrise or a sunset or an art show, just one thing every day. So we're rewiring our neural networks so that instead of digging grief and loss and shame and blame and guilt deeper and deeper and deeper, we're now bringing in some beauty. We're bringing in, okay, a little bit of lightness, a little bit of, of different way of seeing and perceiving reality around us.
2: Mm. Karen, we are coming towards the end of our time together, at least this time around. I feel like there can be more and will be more. And and I have to say, reading through the book, uh, I know that um, your, your son struggled, and rightly so, because of so much, uh, with friendships and not uh, maybe having as many friends as he would like, and so I had this visual of when you were sending all the spirits out of your room and then sending them out of the hallway. I thought, oh, they're all gathered around your son. They're your son's <laughs> friends, and they're, they're saying, true. "You're you're so lucky. Your mom can see you. My mom can't, or my dad can, or they refuse to, or they act like they don't. And uh, your mom has transformed her life, and and she's used this to help other people." People. You're so lucky. You're you you've got the cool mom on the block, uh, and so uh, and she's enjoying her new relationship with you.
3: Yeah, you know one thing I know for sure is that is absolutely true. He does have friends on the other side, and they do work with ascended masters. And they do this idea of eternal slumber. They don't slumber. They do a lot of things. And I know for sure that he's happier on the other side than he was in this in his earthly body and his, his situation. So, and you know, what better thing could a parent know that than that their child is happy on the other side. And, and that's something else I love to bring to parents that their child is happy. Their child wants them to be happy. Their spouse wants them to be happy, you know? So um, there's no need to suffer and stay stuck.
2: Well, and if if, uh, if we're suffering and if we're stuck living a grieving, can support us using energy medicine to alchemize grief and loss. And of course, Karen uh, can help as well through work that she does with her clients. You can go to Karen Johnson, J O H N S O N dot net. And get the book, or the book is also available where books are sold, and also connect with Karen. And Karen, you just learned me something that I did not expect to learn on this show, that the phrase, I will sleep when I die, is not true. Because <laughs> there's no eternal slumber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nope. You're going to be busy. You're going to be busy out there. Busy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, uh, with that, what a pleasure to have you share... From your heart in this way. Thank you so much, Karen.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: What a pleasure. Karen Johnson, thank you. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment.
0: Dear Dorothy, this is Margie from Santa Cruz. I have a beautiful home and a lovely garden. For years, I have worn a pendant depicting the Green Man and felt that he was assisting me in having a perfect garden. Yesterday, I went into a local shop, and a woman who was shopping there told me that I needed to know that my pendant was a satanic symbol and now i don't know what to do she told me i need to destroy it and beg god for forgiveness and now i'm really afraid because i have lots of depictions of the green man in my home and on my property please advise me as to my best course of action
4: dear margie i personally love the green man and here's what i know and believe about this legendary being After having researched his story many years ago when he was first introduced to me, the green man is an ancient Celtic symbol and has been mainly interpreted as the symbol of rebirth, representing the cycle of growth each spring. Many say that the green man is an ancient guardian of the forest. I agree with this interpretation, and I feel very connected to the green man, and I thank him daily for his assistance with my awesome patio garden. I've never encountered negative words in any of the research I conducted. Many Christian churches embrace the green man through architecture. In fact, most European churches have green man hiding all around the walls and ceilings. However, dear Margie, what I feel is more important than discerning what the green man truly represents is for you to not allow others' thoughts and words to throw you into fear. I received this timely message about fear moments before I opened your email regarding the green man, and I agree wholeheartedly with it. Fear and anxiety come from our mind's illusion that we are separate beings living in a foreign land. Like our dream characters, we experience conflicts and disappointments arising from our deep unconscious to shake us at our core, forcing us to awaken to higher realms of conscious awareness, like waking from a dream and then laughing about it. So, dear Margie, I urge you to not allow others to determine your state of consciousness. All of this to say, I also encourage you to do your own research and ask your higher self to assist you in discerning truth in these important times Rather than believe some stranger's thoughts and ideas,
0: hearing that reminded me of those cartoons when I was a kid, where the racers, would, the first racer, would get to a sign at a fork in the road and turn the sign the other direction, and then continue going down the right path. Hmm. So, uh, if any of you want to keep going down the right path and want to ask Dorothy a question, please write her at show
2: dot com. And we'll be right back here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition with our
5: performance guest, Deja Gómez, right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month On Fiji, we get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired, and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audio-visual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to dorothydonahue.com. The Life Changes
0: Show is a talk, music, and variety show presented by Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, business leaders, and children, we are here to inspire our audience to do life better, with heart, integrity, and experience, we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show. As your life changes, we're here for you. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show.
2: We're back. I am host Felipe Voltaggio and our performance guest today is an accomplished and seasoned vocalist and performing artist and so much more we're going to learn very quickly here from deja gomez deja welcome to the show
6: greetings greetings (laughs) and so much love i'm so glad to be here with all of you thank you for having me
2: so good to have you here and especially for this show since you use so much we've titled it using energy medicine to alchemize grief and loss we could almost have added using energy music
6: yes yes it's so much of oh if not all like everything was so heartfelt mm. that Karen just shared mm. about her story and i as i listened i was just blown away at this amazing connection Thank you for creating this safe space for us to share our stories. As she's speaking, I'm say I'm thinking I weep with my music, I weep with my song. That's how my soul heals and grieves and expresses joy. And oh, I just love how our paths have crossed.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> this oh, my heart is so full right now.
2: It's no mistake. And interestingly, wow. I was thinking how uh, in a similar way when I was talking about uh, our our guest Karen's work that she did prior to the shamanic work that she's doing now, similarly, you have been doing music on so many levels prior from church to, to Broadway to performing stages and, and all of that and now you have taken into the more shamanic uh spiritual realm and healing realm right
6: yes and that's what i loved about karen this is what came to me i just came back from spirit weavers gathering in oregon Mm
4: -hmm. and
6: it was oh my it's indescribable and i i have always tussled it's always been a conflict and a war within me how do i express as an entertainer Uh, because i do enjoy all of those stages and i enjoy expressing myself thoroughly in all of those beautiful ways uh and but how can i now weave in what my soul is really Mm. saying that it needs to communicate and express through this Mm. avenue though it's still through this and so kundalini yoga, chanting and singing mantra, it it has just really allowed me to use my music as medicine and to tune my body as a whole body instrument. I've learned to harmonize all of the different frequencies and vibrations within me and I express through my music and that is the medicine um and it really touches the soul
2: déjà i know you and i could talk for and and i and i look forward to talking more and having people get to experience you as I've gotten to experience you in the short time that I've gotten to know you. I want to make sure we get at least one song in yes. before the yeah. hour's up so everybody can get an experience of it and know that if we go a little over with Deja Gomez, <laughs> as might just happen, uh, that we're going to keep the tape rolling and then it'll be in the archive when we get that out there. So in the meantime, let's, let's, well, actually, this piece that you're going to do now is appropriate really appropriate it's, in more ways than one. Isn't right? it? Isn't it such an
6: alignment? It is so amazing as she's talking about death. I'm I'm all of these stories her relationship with her son. My son as a special needs child, he completely changed the trajectory of my entire wor- universe. Like and they are our mm. teachers, and and the, you know the mother son dynamic. I I hear mm. and I feel you, Karen. And it's oh wow, thank you for sharing your story. And this it, this is my a, a mantra uh, for courage and victory. And it reminds us that we're deathless, and so in death mm. we can celebrate, mm. we can give thanks because it's we're deathless. Mm. It's it's just a transformation A transition And so we can welcome it And it can be celebratory And so this mantra Is called Sat City Akal And it reminds us that We are courageous We are victorious And that we are deathless beings Great beyond death we are the experience of the divine
1: Sat City 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 Co my Mahako, my co maha-ko,
2: gomez thank you so much oh i did you shorten that for us because i would have wanted
6: I that to go over i'm i i did i'm so proud i it's three minutes and and here's the here's the thing Three minutes of meditation, which we just did, right? We took ourselves on a mind wave, a mantra. It worked. Right? And three minutes affects how the blood circulates in our body and our electromagnetic field. That's all it takes. Three minutes. Right? All right. So, how are we on time?
2: (laughs) With with the right three minutes, if we know how to use them right. So uh, if you're if you're grooving into what what we're what we're high on right now, uh, Deja Gomez, find her at Deja Gomez, D-E-J-A-H Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z dot com. And tell us about what is uh, Kirti Preetkar?
6: Kirti Preetkar, that is my Kundalini given name. And so I have embarked upon entrepreneurship and I'm really taking myself more and more seriously as I feel the, the, the music like pouring out of me and I'm really thinking about the places that I really want to serve. And so Kirti Preetkar, um, Kirti, corporate and educational wellness is my current endeavor and i see bringing this music medicine energy medicine into corporate and mm. uh, educational spaces and that is through um you know virtual as well as actual you know experiences i really value creating safe spaces where people can really experience this divine within themselves and and equip them with the tools and the techniques on how to navigate at, at, at a with supreme technology, <laughs> you know at their optimal best. and that is what my practice does for me. And of course music is my everything that is um, what really hooked me is that I was able to express all aspects of my being.
2: Speaking of expressing all aspects of your being, uh, I'm listening to that, and it sounds like Sanskrit to me.
6: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what aspect of your being did that come from, or how so did Kirti, you...
6: Preetkar, so Kirti is positive rep- reputation, yeah. and Preet is divine love, and so... The tre- and car is one that we all get. It's the lioness of God. So the lioness, who by embodying God's divine love, is honored and recognized by others for her sacred gifts in the world.
1: Mm.
6: And when I received it, I—that is the moment where I—I I really saw myself, and I accepted. I, I, w- I was finally ready. <laughs> to trust myself because i mm-hmm. had been in such a a war with how i was going to express from coming from the entertainment industry and wanting to do what the i knew of before of what the people wanted and it was, my soul was just like no this is what is, this is mm-hmm. what I, it is
2: well, sometimes the people maybe don't know what they want. I was picturing you in the boardroom of some corporation, like selling this experience, and having somebody say, "Okay, you got three minutes to convince me. I know now you can do that." <laughs> yes, yes. I got three minutes. Woo! I, I got it.
6: Yes, yes, and and you know it's so important to equip the you know, the people who are really, really wanting, who are their soul is yearning for it. Someone said during this uh, weave that I, when I was teaching this workshop that Kundalini has its own natural selection and and that is the perfect way to say it. It really does. Um, and i'm I love that I can express myself musically, where it's purposeful, it's intentional. It's from the soul. It's ancient. You know, I Karen was talking about Aboriginal. It's 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 from the earth. It's and you feel it when you're when you you well you felt it after the three mm-hmm. minutes. It's a wave. It's a wave. Yes, and so.
2: Gonna... Um... Yes. What? Tell us what we're gonna be feeling here, or what? Yes. Where you're taking us?
6: right i'm like okay let me stop talking i could talk for i could talk like oh my gosh i could talk 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 and,
2: and it's good it's part so... of it you know it's part of it it's part of it
6: oh this is so oh my soul is feeling so nice thank you so much Ours too thank
2: you i think we're all and feeling so this
6: it. oh yeah, this mantra is called the Mool mantra and it's the root of all mantras and the core it, it carries a core essential truth And um, the meaning is one creator, truth is its name, doer of everything, fearless, revengeless, undying, unborn, self-illumined, the guru's gift, meditate, true in the beginning, true through the ages, true even now, O Nanak, it's forever true. And so this is really um, connecting to that oneness and prospering from
1: that connection. karta <speaking in foreign language> But such, heavy, such. be Sat
6: Guru Prasad, Guru Prasad. And Sat Prasad is that truth that comes as a servant to the divine. And so it's like an anthem for those who are here to serve. And it's the love that we carry as servants and the wisdom that comes from being a servant. Sad guru prasad,
1: econca, Sad guru prasad, Sad guru prasad, Sad guru prasad,
6: econca. And econca is this one creator, one. There's a oneness, unity and this connects us to that oneness
1: there conca sat guru presah sat mm. guru presah sat guru presah mmm
2: teja gomez Thank you so much for what you're bringing to the show and bringing out into the world. Uh, tell us real quickly before we go uh, uh, about the album that you just released and yes. and what people can get from connecting with you at DejaGomez.com.
6: Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh. Wow, heart overflowing. Um, I have a mantra album and it is thirty-three minutes total. It's eleven minute mantras, eleven minutes of meditation. All right, we're going above the three minutes. <laughs> right? I'm pushing you a little bit, okay? Yeah, we're gonna crank it up a little and get to our nervous and glandular system. And so there are three um Kundalini mantras. 11 minutes, it's on all music platforms. And for those who have been curious and really want to deepen or explore their curiosity about meditation, I also have available on my website uh, a 48-minute video of me with singing with you and showing you how to position yourself for the specific meditations that accompany the mantras. Because there are meditations that accompany it it where we direct the energy in specific ways and so that is available for those who really you know that having that someone to tune into is really important and especially someone that you trust and so um yes i i I have that available for you and also i have personal services as well as well as corporate services and you can email me On the website, and I would love to hear from you and love to bring this into educational and corporate spaces. I know sometimes the mantras people are like, no speaking other languages. And I'm like, okay. And so I understand, I understand integration and really uh, offering bespoke service. Um, and also you can find me at the Waldorf Astoria in Beverly Hills at La Prairie Spa. I am a Reiki master there and I would oh. love to see you. Yeah. I offer uh, soul star Reiki is my service and I've also included some hypnotherapy in there. So I love working oh. personally with you one-on-one virtually or, uh, in person and, or in person. And um, I have several modalities that I love to weave in. And music is definitely my introduction Mm. into the soul and and really gaining that trust because that is where I'm most truthful and vulnerable. And that is the most sincerest and authentic parts of me.
2: Deja, thank you so much. Again, Deja Gomez, D-E-J-A-H, Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z dot com. And we have other links for her on the Life Changes Show website. Deja, once again, a big thank you and looking forward to connecting in person at some point live. uh, And it'll be great. Thank you so much for what you shared
6: today. absolute pleasure. Thank you. Blessings to you.
2: Blessings indeed. And a big thank you to Karen V. Johnson, J.D., uh, the Honorable, I'd like to say again. And with that... That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejeur, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone.
0: You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, and visit us online at LifeChangesNetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.